Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. The football season is in full swing, and BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Head to BetOnline today and use our promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. This is the Mazzotcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazzotcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. And as always, the priest who's in charge of exercising the spirits of Connor Shaw from all Mizzou, South Carolina games, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? Not with us tonight is uh, Caleb Bungart, who is... <laughs> Licking doorknobs, yep. Yeah, yep. which is what he's taken to do in these days when we tell him not to. Yep. We're coming to today, which is, I guess, Sunday, Colin, as uh, Mizzou had a football game for the first time in about a month, and we won, beating the South Carolina Gamecocks 17-10. to 10. Yeah, we would have done this last night, but the game was seven hours long, and it was late. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, from a nonpartisan standpoint, not the most exciting game in the world. First half was pretty good, and the second half was, it was exciting for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, well, uh, it, it's, it's so many points in the second half. Well, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but so many points in the second half. Just one positive thing, you know, one field goal would sort of give us enough breathing room to kind of make the game be put away early. And we just failed to do it on repetition. Everything we did was wrong. And then, of course, you know, this Doty kid comes in and just scares the living shit out of anyone old enough to remember Connor Shaw in the 2013 yep. season. It sputtered out. I don't know. I, I think maybe we should back up because we came off of a two, three week period, three week period of not having played football. And the big question was whether we were going to be rusty or whether we were going to be well rested. And I don't know that we can say we were well rested because we could barely field a team 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I it started out great. That first drive where uh, Dove makes a tremendous catch, a catch I am unaccustomed to Mizzou players making. Yes, agreed. Uh, I agree. And it's not the and, first and time honestly, he's done that. honestly, a throw I'm unaccustomed to Mizzou quarterbacks making. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, ooh, this could be, you know, we predicted blowout, Brendan. Yes, we did. Midweek. We we talked ourselves into blowout. And uh, <laughs> after that, I thought, we might have ourselves a blowout. Yeah. To uh, South Carolina's credit, they kind of buckled down. And I think we're getting to know Coach Drinkowitz better in that uh, he is a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde of offense. He is wildly creative at times and then Barry Odom at others. Yeah. And uh, he uh, really just likes bashing Roundtree into the defensive line of our opponents. It's his favorite thing to do. And then occasionally he does something kind of uh, creative and, and uh, you know, he'll hurry up the offense at times and do some things that kind of are exciting. And then other times he's just like, you know what, this series, I'm just going to slam our, our running back into the defensive line over and over again and see how that works out. Yeah, I'm starting to, I'm getting to the point now where I'm genuinely concerned about our offense. Maybe I shouldn't be. I mean, maybe anything we get at this point out is gravy and I should be happy. But I do think that I was expecting a little more creativity in offensive play calling. I really was. And and we're not seeing that. And we are seeing a lot of round tree, round tree, round tree. And well, you think, we well, are at times. You, I mean, but you think, well, okay, I mean, we're setting them up for something. Oh, they're, they're, playing, they're well, running them up together because we're going to do something wild. And then the wild thing never comes. And we sometimes we do motion. Sometimes we'll do uh, trips to one side or the other, which we had success with tonight. You know, sometimes we run the wildcat with Roundtree, and all of these things seem to produce positive yards. And they seem to be, but they seem to be only sprinkled in between a Marty Schottenheimer style slam it into the line offense. I, I don't understand why the uh, it has to be all or nothing. You know, our offense seems to be a light switch. Like here, we're going to do something sort of creative and and flashy and effective. Or we're going to do the most conventional thing you've ever seen ever. And the thing about our running game and Roundtree, as good as he is, when we're in these fourth and one situations, which we seem to find ourselves in a lot, we're almost always going to go for it. That I like about Drinkwitz. I think that is a, a positive trait to have in a coach because Odom's always scared of fourth and one, you know. Because, but I think anybody can make a fourth and one, and you should almost always go for it. But what scares me are the fourth and three situations because sometimes we barely get those fourth and ones. And our offensive line doesn't always give Roundtree what he needs for us to be so reliant on him, you know, because a fourth and three scares the living shit out of me sometimes. And it well, shouldn't. I think the problem with being so conventional is all of a sudden you, they start stacking the box and the safeties. And I mean, there are some teams like Kentucky and even to an extent South Carolina before they brought in Doty where you can bring the safeties down because there really isn't much of an, a, a threat of them throwing on you. Mizzou has a threat of throwing, but we run that fucking round tree jamming up the middle so often that we literally let the safety start coming down and start, they start stacking the box against us. Not because we can't pass, but because at times we just refuse to. And what we've seen so far out of Basilac is a guy who a doesn't make very many mistakes and B seems very calm and willing to make those long throws and capable of it. Strong arm. You know, we've got a kid who has, you know, in this sort of, offensive doldrums we've been in really the one interception he threw tonight was one of the few mistakes he really makes for a freshman and it was a mistake too because that was one-on-one coverage and yeah. if he lays that ball into the end zone instead of short that's probably another touchdown yeah um but yeah. i tell you what dove looks good and i don't yeah. know i don't know if um i remember the hazelton was sick or if they've just decided like no dove's better than hazelton which i think the fans have already decided yeah ever since he um, made that catch against lsu yeah, I mean, Hazleton's snaps have uh, quickly started to diminish. And last night, I didn't see Hazleton on the field, period. So I think 
Mr. Dove has pretty much uh, taken that job. And Ch- Chisholm had one drop that uh, because he apparently had to have his butter sandwich. But uh, he played probably his best game that I've seen him play so far. Yeah, in the ju- limited opportunities he got. We are more conventional, you know, than I would like, and I think really more than maybe Drinkwitz would like because. It's not, you know, what we when we did this against Kentucky, I felt like, oh, this is good. At the time, we were saying, you know what we are? We morphed to what we need to be. We needed to throw against LSU, so we threw and we're successful. We needed to run against Kentucky, and we ran. Well, but ever since that game, I feel like all we're doing is the Kentucky approach over and over and over again. And I'm kind of like, well, where was that LSU offense? You know, where was that game well, we played against them? Now, granted, LSU would leave our wide receivers completely open in a sea of green so that we could throw 60-yard passes, but and not everybody will. But still, a little of that would be nice. Well, I, I tell you what, we're, we may be dumping on uh, Drinkwitz a little too much from the standpoint of our offensive line did not play well last night hmm. and didn't play well the night uh, the, the uh, our last game either. A lot of Basilac's throws were backpedaling off his back foot. The pressure was coming quick. Basilac missed a couple open throws, and I should say he missed them because he never had an opportunity to make them because the pressure got there too fast, but even the announcers mentioned it on a couple of plays. Well, boy, if he could have just held onto the ball just a little longer, you know, whatever came open, but our offensive line couldn't give Basilac much time. So I really, I mean, my concerns with the offense are limited to, at this point, the offensive line, because I think the quarterback is good. The running backs are obviously good. The wide receivers seem to be coming along, but the offensive line is, is suspect. But, you know, the whole team is, I mean, if, if this season wasn't a pass already, the whole team probably gets a pass for this week, considering they only had, well, I think they say at the after the game was over, 52 yeah, scholarship players, and so we were below the threshold where we could have told the SEC, "Nah, we're not interested in playing." <laughs> yeah, and uh, to and, our team's credit, we said, "No, we're very interested in playing." And to our defense's credit, they fucking played a really, really good game. Yeah, th- and that's right. Any criticism of this game has to have an asterisk on it. You're absolutely right. And, and the fact is, Missouri went into enemy territory on the road and uh, defeated South Carolina and beat the spread. You know what I mean? What What more do you want at the end of the day? So this is a good good day, and things are trending in the right direction. And also, you know, I think somebody tweeted about it last night. That sort of last minute drive they make, and we seal with the t- with the interception. It doesn't happen in the Barry Odom era. They march down the field and they crush our fucking spirits. And that's how the Barry Odom games end. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that, that didn't happen. The most happen. disappointing part of this game for me was when those when those last couple drives, Mizzou started to make stupid mistakes. Yeah. Barrett Bannister got away with one, just simply basically getting into a, uh, making a stupid penalty 50 yards away from the uh, the play and uh, ended up getting away with it because there was an uncatchable ball or something. I can't remember what it was, but it's like, wow, whatever he was doing over there was fucking stupid. You know what I mean? Like, you could cost us something serious. And then Manuel, their quarterback, as the guy's going out of bounds, like, come on, guys, use your fucking heads. You know, it's bad enough you got this unknown quantity coming off the bench, scrambling around and creating havoc within your defense. You can't make stupid, you know, just mental errors. And they were really helping between our mental mistakes and the officiating being just sort of SEC terrible officiating as always. They were. It was really frustrating to watch these last couple of uh, series. 
That is true. I mean, I think a hallmark of watching and being a fan of a team that's really struggling on offense and just not being very good or disciplined is anytime there is sort of a rare positive play, you immediately search the field for laundry, you know, and anything like anything good happens, you're like, oh, we must have held because something good happened. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like I've, I've, I've rooted for the Tigers and it's been that way. You're like, oh, 50 yard bomb. Oh, and it's coming back. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and that's the way I felt in the fourth quarter with this team. You know, if something good happened, watch out. There's probably a flag on the ground. There were a lot of flags tonight. Overnight. Well, despite Manuel having made that mistake, he played a really good game and continues to play well. He's played well all season. I mean, he, uh, it's hard uh, for anybody to get too much um, spotlight when you play on a defense with Bolton, who is just continues to be phenomenal. Manuel had a couple sacks tonight and, and, and plays well and uh, is really fun to watch. And But him and Bolton together are, are a pain in the ass for most teams. And mm-hmm. the defense overall, I mean, played well. I mean, you know, South Carolina seems to be wanting taking some solace in this doughty kid. And he, he was exciting, and he did turn nothing into something several times. But at the end of the day, under his tutelage, they punted three times, scored a touchdown, and threw an interception. So um, this narrative that's coming out of South Carolina that, boy, if we just had him play for the entire game, things would have been different. Yeah. Well, yeah, they would have been different. He would have had a lot of yards scrambling. You're right. He would have. <laughs> but I, I don't know what I saw in his half of football that made me think, boy, that we would have stood a chance. I saw one guy say we would have lost by two touchdowns. What are you smoking? Yeah, well, here's the thing, Colin. It's like, oh, so the new kid you put in who's never seen the field at all and we have zero film on um, has a little success out of the gate, you know? And also, I don't know if you noticed or not, but it didn't look like our defense was failing so much under him. It looked like almost we were too fast for him several times. Our rush pass rushers were going to clobber him and granted he made some moves to elude them but we kind of overran him like i feel like we were at a different level speed wise than south carolina's offense. well i think what you're seeing there is the defensive ends are getting up the field but the defensive uh, the interior defensive line is not and so he there was there was an ability to step up in the pocket and then that, then that turned into a sprint because we were dropping seven into the zone, and so there was there wasn't a bunch of linebackers there to smack him at the second level. But I, something I saw in the, the last series that I think you know debunks a little bit of what South Carolina was talking about is the, the defensive coordinator Steve started doing the three the three man rush because it was like the three man rush can can give Doty a little bit of trouble, and if you just flood the zone with every player available, you know what is he going to do? You know, and so I, I he seemed to have less success against that three man front. And uh, I think you would have seen more of that. That's what I mean. You just the coaches are going to watch this kid. They got no tape on him, and they're going to start figuring him out. And I think you saw that. I mean, he's well. We intercepted the pass. Yeah, you know, and hmm. like I said, you know, he maybe he throws three interceptions if he starts the whole game because. You know, he is a a freshman right off the bench. and uh, Well, let's also point out that had they started this freshman right off the bench, you know what their game plan would have been? What it's been all year long, which is hand the ball off to Kevin Harris, their star running back who didn't have any success with us. You think he would have handed the ball off different than this guy you started (laughs) off? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) they were going to start out the game with a game plan. that Let's go to this freshman Doty kid and have him throw it all over the field. No, that's not how they would have brought him in. Yeah, you only do that when you're down 17 at halftime. (laughs) That's right. That's right. So anyway, it is a again a stupid, stupid way of looking at the world that doesn't exist. You know what I mean? It's yep. a, but well, it's, it's what losers. It's what losers do. 
and Missouri won. Well, they hired Will Muschamp. That's all you really need to know about. Here's what I feel good about this game. First of all, I want to say one last thing about the game itself. Uh, we should take our hat off because we rarely do we since we've lost our good friend Corey Fatoni. The punter, Grant McKinnis, I think basically is what sealed this game for us. That guy, I don't know how many times he put it within the 10-yard line and the best a good game. was saved the best for last when he plopped that perfect punt down to the one and it made the freshman quarterback have to go 99 yards if he wanted to you know, tie the game up. So well, that and, sealed uh, the deal for us, really. And somebody on Twitter pointed out that the guy who fielded that punt at the one-yard line and, and closed the door was also the uh, gentleman who had the interception to close the door and yeah. that's a Nichols kid so congratulations to him what a game yeah it was it was awesome so ended at 17 10 and the thing that makes me happy about it is we should beat Kentucky every year and we should beat South Carolina every year if we want to be year. a good team in the SEC East those two teams include and add Vanderbilt to that mix those three teams we should beat every year if we want to consider ourselves a good team in the SEC East. So, and guess what? So far, we're two for two. We've got one more to go. Vanderbilt showed some signs of life, but I'm pretty confident. Yeah, I was watching the SEC network. They were talking about how people shouldn't hold their Vanderbilt's record against them. I'm like, <laughs> what? what? You know, like, and how Derek Mason's a really good coach, and this shouldn't, people, you know, he's really got it going on there, and this shouldn't be indicative. Like, what? At, at what point do we go, <laughs> literally, that, what if, what's that guy's name? We used to coach Auburn Chisholm or whatever. Yeah. Literally goes, this Gee. team goes 0-10 this season. Just know that they're a really good, improved team. Yeah. And it's like, God, what an incredibly low bar. And basically, they were making the case not to fire Derek Mason yeah. if he goes 0-10. Well, I think Gene Chizik, uh, you know, he's in the fraternity of coaches. And he's like, uh, you know, they always he's not going to advocate for any coach ever getting fired. But I'm telling you yeah. what, if, if Derek Mason doesn't get fired after this season, Derek Mason will never get fired at Vanderbilt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's what could he do at this point, you know? They literally had a little, like a round table discussion about how we should all just look the other way with Vanderbilt's complete ineptitude. Maybe we should save this for SEC around the horn and take our first break. Because we, right. we got a busy show. We got uh, voicemails. We got sour grapes. We got Kansas news. And uh, of course, we got to go around the horn. So, anyway, till then, this is the Mazotcast. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And 
Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash match. Just go to indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. But what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are, too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hey guys, we have a new sponsor. Who is it? Well, they're called Manscaped. And oh, I know I know this product. Yeah, they sent us some stuff, didn't they? Yeah, we shaved our sweet salty balls with them. I'll tell you what, they have good stuff. I shaved and I found a tattoo I forgot I even had. <laughs> They're the number one men's below-the-belt grooming company in America. My balls are so soft. <laughs> Who's the governing body who decides this, by the way? I don't know, but I, I believe what they're telling me. Manscaped has redesigned its electric trimmer. It's called the Lawnmower 2, and it has proprietary skin-safe technology, so the trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's a zero-turn mower. It gets the job done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's scrote safe. That's guaranteed. But I can't tell you how many lacerations my ball sack used to have before we got Manscaped. Well, you shouldn't have been using that bullwhip, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. In my defense, it was a rusty lawnmower blade. But either way, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Don't use the same trimmer on your face as you use on your balls. Best day one stuff. Act now and you can get 20% off and free shipping. Just use the code armchair at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the right job. Your balls will thank you. Get over it, get over it, get over it. 
Hubbard's sucks. Lila sucks. Finkel sucks. And we are back. This is some listener music. It comes to us from Terry Cluner at 22TP Mizzou 67. The song is called Dead Birds. If you'd like your music on the air, send it to mizodcast at gmail.com and we'll play it for you. Well, Colin, are you ready to hear what the fans had to say about this win over South Carolina? Second in a row, by the way. I, I am. I really am. Okay. Well, let's do it. It's time for the Game 6 Honky Tonk listener line. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to will. First message. Well, that's pretty good so far. Can we confirm that there is not Obi-Wan Kenobi-like hologram of Brian Walters out there? <laughs> Go Tigers. Yeah, I think I liked his own joke. Yeah, hilarious. <laughs> Good for you, buddy. Well, through the first half, we are obviously a much better coach team than the Gamecocks. They are absolutely terrible. And my wife is... <laughs> what is happening? I don't know. Disregard this. <laughs> Love it. Well, Love it. we'll, we'll disregard this. My yeah. wife is. Yeah, it's going in. <laughs> All right, it's the end of the first half. Obviously, we are a much better coach team than the Cox. Take my two. husband's cock sucks. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's what we were waiting for. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it was orchestrated. It's All right, great. Second take. She got it. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I get a headache every time I watch a South Carolina game because of that stupid chicken noise they have in the background. And why do they come at the sandstorm? <laughs> yeah, that's a stupid rooster noise. I mean, there are some dumb noises out there for college stadiums, but my God, that should be considered, I don't know, biological warfare. Well, they did choose a rooster as their fucking mascot. Yeah, voluntarily had cock in their own mascot's name. It's a terrible, yeah. terrible, terrible place. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Carolina Jackpot. Hey. Uh, yeah, just uh, found this game on the uh, SEC Alternative Channel a little while ago, and uh, guess what? Uh, there's no much champ on the sidelines, but uh, there's uh, plenty of sucky-ass football players on the sidelines and on the <laughs> field for us. Good Lord. You, you quarterback, bedazzled sack, he ain't that damn good tonight. No. But guess what? We're way worse, so it doesn't fucking matter. This has to be the biggest collection of hot dumpster juice, hot garbage, hot dog water bullshit <laughs> I have ever seen in my entire life. Get those drops we in there, kiddo. can't move the ball. Hot dog hot water. Garbage. Hot garbage. And, uh, and when you get the ball, uh, we can't stop shit. <laughs> the only thing that's stopping you is uh, yourselves. Uh, you should be up 35 nothing right now. We're horrible. Uh, I'm embarrassed. Uh, and, and you're right with that little meme that says South Carolina doesn't belong in the SEC. Uh, you're right. We belong in uh, <laughs> fucking Division Three. This is the modus of fucking junior college or, yeah, that. Just, just ban the damn program because th- this is awful. Hopefully next year we can come back with a coach who has at least a quarter of a fucking brain and uh, we can make this somewhat competitive. I'm out, man. Time for another beer. Fuck it. <laughs> well, kind of feel for him now. You know what I mean? I was yeah. so hard on South Carolina. Now I kind of have a little sympathy. Carolina jackpot. We don't want you to be down. And our our uh, hearts go out to you. This is Sean in Kansas City. Fuck Connor Shaw. Fucking, I cannot believe SEC Alternate brought that fucking game up. Fuck you. Great announcers as always. We always get the best crew every single fucking time. Why is, 
what's the flag for as Dove is in the end zone on the ground with his helmet five yards away? Anyway, oh, we're fucking up South Carolina. Fucking hate this team more than anyone. I'm fucking... Ugh, 2013, never, never forget. <laughs> it's great. I like that. It's a great Pretty, call. It always strikes me as straight, like the, annou- the announcers we get for these SEC deep uh, cut games is are always terrible. And it makes me wonder, like, you know how, like, when you're a kid, you assume the guy reading the news and the local weather makes a lot of money as a famous, important person. Yeah. And then you get a little older and you realize, no, they get paid like school teachers and uh, their fame is limited to, like, the 50-mile radius of your house. Yes. Yes. And uh, that's what I feel like about these announcers. Like, these guys are, I mean, the bottom of the barrel and probably making less than you and I uh, to do it. At least I hope they are because they're that bad at it. <laughs> yes, I don't know. I kind of think you're right. I mean, I do feel like when you're on the SEC Alternative Lifestyle channel as the announcers, <laughs> then you you probably are clinging to the uh, sports broadcasting ladder with every, you know, with your fingernails dug into the metal. You know what I mean? Because you're about to slide <laughs> off. <laughs> I noticed one of the guys referenced the fact that he was also recruited like 15 times during the broadcast. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. We get it's it, like, pal. Good for you, pal. Good for I you. I didn't know that. <laughs> Good for you. Mizzou's looking great at halftime. Up uh, 17 nothing. Uh, Nick Bolton doing his thing. Can someone shut up this Gamecock? Good Lord. M-I-Z. Yeah, we got two votes for that. Thanks, guys. Coming at you live from shitty Columbia, South Carolina, where the Mizzou Tigers are leading 17-0 against the South Carolina Cock and Balls. Connor Big Dick Bazelak has got to feel really great heading to the locker room on this one. 13 for 21 and 140 yards. Mike Booby, the coach of the South Carolina Cock and Balls, says, quote, we need to stop players trying to rip off other Mizzou's heads and helmets for face mask penalties. Well, it looks like a bold play strategy, but we'll see if it plays off. Back to you in the studio. Huh. Yeah, we have a uh, intrepid reporter on the sideline. Apparently, Brennan. Yeah, just a, between you and me, I don't know if that's going to make the cut or not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's. I don't know about when they're trying to make their own comedy. I don't know. Maybe yeah. you should be open minded to it. But you know, <laughs> I think you leave in this whole conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, booby, you had a bobo. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's close to getting Cotton you cut. Balls. That's very Cotton close balls. to getting it's you. Quality. It's quality. <laughs> if you make the cut, be happy. I'm, I'm generous today. I haven't had really anything to complain about so far, but please tell me someone just saw that. SC, right? They just went offside, but they called it a false start. And then after the play, their DN just runs right through Bayslake while the refs are standing right there the three seconds after the whistle is called and no flag. These refs suck. That was true. If that would have been, if we would have been in the NFL, that would have immediately been flagged for a personal foul. That guy ran through five seconds after the whistle, still running, runs through the quarterback and hits him to the ground, and the refs just swallow their fucking whistle. Some thoughts I have. The play calling has been kind of questionable. The, I mean, secondary for South Carolina is very bad. They're missing their best corners, and the, the play calling philosophy seems to be running on first and second down, get no yards, throw it on third, either get a good pass or incomplete. That seems to be what it is. Nick Bolton is very good, and Barry Odom would be losing this game by 30 right now. So, yeah, fuck <laughs> Barry Odom, M-I-Z. <laughs> well, like I said, I think everybody needs to take into account that uh, our offensive line wasn't holding up for very long. You know, I, I think our receivers can get open. I do, too. And I, I, I do, I obviously agree with the play crawling at times being not creative, but I do think that it's hard to get open when you have point five seconds to get the ball out before there's a guy 
you know, about ready to tackle your, your quarterback. So ultimately it was two teams who were not at full strength and it looked like it. I want to say one more thing too, is that the SEC network is probably the worst network for sports in, in human history. It is so unbelievably bad. The commentators suck. They randomly started showing the UGA game for five minutes in the middle of a Mizzou position. <laughs> and also the refs suck. Every week we say it. The, every week we say the refs and the announcers suck, and that is true because they both do. And the announcers, I expect at this point that the refs are bad and that the announcers will literally talk about the other team the whole game. Even if Mizzou is winning, even if Mizzou is doing good, they will jerk off the other team for the whole fucking game. Hot garbage. Hot garbage. <laughs> I, I don't disagree with any of that. Fire takes all. Yep, yep. No disrespect to Kurt Farmer, but you may have to change the award to the Nick Bolton hair player of the game. Those are two well, uh, competing manes of hair. They are both glorious. Yeah, but the difference is, is Nick Bolton's going to receive lots of awards throughout his life because he's such a tremendous football player. <laughs> the true. only thing Kirk Farmer has going for him is the hair. You know what I mean? That's yeah. it. Nobody's going to give him an award for football, sir. You're going to take this from so. Kirk. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, you're going to take this too. He'll just, you know, that's, that's, I mean, it's really, it's not fair. Yeah, that's not, that's right. Bolton's I mean, gonna... Darius Outlaw took his job, and now you're going to give Bolton his fucking uh, award. I mean, come on. Hello, Houston Tiger here. Yeah, I don't know what quite to think. It was just very comfortable until it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kevin Harris moving the ball. They've got a kid that, if he was actually that good, probably kept Muschamp in the job. Um, but, you know, win's a win. The uh, These teams who don't have a coach can be very, very dangerous. You see it all the time. Take the win, move on. It wasn't pleasant, but it was just like sometimes you've got to fuck the ugly girl. And she sure was ugly all tonight. <laughs> yeah, she was ugly tonight. But uh, we went ahead and jumped on. I've got plenty of friends who always fuck the ugly girl, <laughs> not just sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's a strategy. We're looking at you. I better not say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Missouri won again. Drink for president. Time to get drunk and fuck a fat chick. Well, we've got a theme going now. I like that. I, I like the idea that uh, winning means fucking a fat chick. I like that guy. <laughs> I like his enthusiasm. I like it. Uh, you know, listen. Tradition. One of those things, you know, you, you don't fuck with a streak. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the SC, those people around the SEC say that we don't have traditions here. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they're crazy. <laughs> Beautiful tradition. That's right. This kid, I like this kid's tradition. He's starting his own tradition. Yeah. And plus, you know, good for fat girls. <laughs> Everybody wins. Win, win, win. <laughs> yeah. Because the Twinkie exactly. industry. Everybody wins. wins. Yeah. Right. And by the way, I do think he was calling from a casino, it sounded like. Missouri just beat South Carolina, MIZ. South Carolina doesn't belong in the SEC. Tennessee is trash. Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> that guy's right again. He's he's right on everything. My final thoughts. Uh, we're 3-3, three and three, which is way better than anybody expected us to be at this point of the season. So, And we play Barry Odom next week. So hopefully we fucking kick the shit out of him next week. MIC. You know, the nice thing about playing Barry Odom, Brent, is I'm sure Coach Odom will come on the show. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. I sure hope that happens. So, peeps, listen to the midweek. I'm sure we're going to talk to Barry before the game and just uh-huh. uh, get his thoughts. I mean, hell, he got to be head coach for a hot minute there. So, yeah, that's right. And you know, we have an inside with this, Arkansas's defensive coach. You know, yeah, so our relationship it. with Barry is going to pay off. You know, our long relationship. We're going to get an mm-hmm. ins- little inside dope before this week's game. I'm sure. <laughs> that's right. I'm looking forward to that. The day after the Mizzou game. 
and I'm wondering what to have for breakfast. And I noticed that the sour grapes were plentiful this morning. But I was wondering which grapes are more sour. But we suck so bad that you shouldn't be happy that you beat us grapes. I saw some of those. The, I can't believe we lost to Mizzou sour grapes. <laughs> Side note. Does Barry Odom lose sleep this week? No, and he's got to come back to Pharrell. M-I-Z. Well, we'll yeah, get into sour grapes soon enough. But as for Barry Odom, I... Uh, Oh, yeah. I mean, Barry Odom, this is the biggest game of his post-head coaching career right now, right? Yeah, for sure. Had to Google what a Gamecock was, and it's a rooster like bred and trained for fighting. (laughs) What a waste of time, idiot, because the Tigers bit your fucking head off. (laughs) It is, is, you know, for for a society that frowns on forcing animals to fight one another, Sure, we do have a college football team. That the uh, mascot celebrates the art of game cock fighting <laughs> yeah, to the death of cock fighting. Yeah, yeah, cock and fighting. you know, that illegal thing that everybody also does, you know that very illegal activity of of cock fighting. And also in an era of you know changing names and mascots and things, you know, and being sensitive to all kinds of different things, I can't think of a less controversial one that we would all say is bad. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> who's going to argue in favor of of <laughs> live cock fighting? I don't know because I don't yeah. think they're good people. It's just, it solves two problems. I mean, basically, is like you no longer have to have the word "cock" in your ma- in your name. Yeah, and uh, you don't have to, uh, you know, sort of tacitly endorse you know animals killing each other for sport. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. All right, Colin, that will do it for the Game Six Honky Talk Mailbag. <laughs> and. Uh, you know, this is a third time we've been able to do this now, Colin. I think, you know, teams should be starting to get to the point where it's not a huge surprise when they lose to us. But that's never going to happen. No, no. But, you know, after our third national championship, people will still be like, I can't believe we lost to Missouri. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So anyway, let's jump right into it. It's time once again for Sour Grapes. What you got there, Sour Grapes? You got a grip of Sour Grapes. All righty, Colin, do you have any uh, sour grapes loaded up for us? Well, not as much as you'd hope for, but as the, when, you, when you play a team that is uh, sort of down in its luck, Sour grapes don't come as easy as they might uh, yeah. regularly. Well, and uh, also when your team just fires your head coach, it's not like they're expecting your their team to be on top of the world. You know, so it's not like the rug is getting pulled out from under them, which is really what makes the best sour grapes is that feeling of the other team that the rug has just been completely pulled out from under them. They they saw this coming. We were a six point yeah. favorite. They know that. And let me just say this: if you don't want me to assume you're a Russian bot, why would you make your name that CG eighteen oh one? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, or those people that have like John Smith three two six two two zero two two nine two two zero. Yes. Anyway, yes. Angela at <laughs> that CG eighteen oh one put. I get Mizzou hate of us. They have an inferior Columbia complex. No, oh, that is lame. Sour grapes. Well, not that. Columbia, Missouri is objectively better than Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah, scientists have said it. There's no. It's all yep. been proven. Yep. Well, I got one uh, from Rob Gregory at Rob3Gregory, Colin. It says, congrats, I guess, LOL. They looked like trash. 
if Doty starts, they lose by two scores. Sour grapes. Yeah, I think yeah again, this, uh, this feeling that if the guy who got three punts, one interception, one touchdown would have played the whole game, it would have been completely different. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the, he was in the second half and he produced 10 points. So by my math, we could have expected 20 points, I guess, from him at that yeah. point, you know. Which I guess would have been enough to win, technically. Yeah, I guess, theoretically, except that it completely changes around what we might have done as well. And we know we'd have scored 17 because we did when we won. Sour um, grapes. Mitch Doty Dimes at SC underscore Mitchell put, congrats, winning a meaningless game, LOL. And the fact that we're taking some joy in that is is so stupid. And you know this guy's an <laughs> asshole yeah. because he's got that stupid Pedro frog as his one of his is his fucking avatar. Yeah. I don't care who you are. If you've used that fucking stupid Pedro frog for any avatar, you're a fucking asshole. Yeah, it's it's asshole magnet. Yeah, well, Colin, I've got another one from uh, SC underscore Mitchell, and he says, Mizzou cakewalk to win. Any Mizzou fan that celebrates this quote-unquote win should be embarrassed. Sour grapes. This speaks to a certain sour grapes philosophy, which is, um, hey, only I get to choose which games matter. You know what I mean? Like, we can play 100 games, and if you win 65 and I win 35, I'm only going to count the ones that I want to count, the ones that we won. The other ones, there's some extenuating circumstance that that doesn't count anymore. Fuck you. We beat you. Shut up and take your medicine. Well, Brennan, in, in his defense, I'm sure if they, they were really, really good this season and we beat them, he would be okay with it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Sure, sure. Mr. Sin 13, at Mr. Sin 13 put, as a lifetime Gamecocks fan, I'm now fucking done. Sick of this losing shit. Well, this is Salad one of those grapes. that I always like is that m- losing to Mizzou is the last straw. <laughs> and we, we've seen plenty of these since joining the SEC. Yeah, yeah, that's right. This is There's been so much history over the last hundred years, but this is what did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got one here from actually it's our old friends at the Spurs Up show. They wrote, what a game this could have been if Luke Doty would have started. Sour grapes. Yeah, well, you know, ifs and buts, buddy. Ifs and buts, because... If Grandma had nuts, she'd been Grandpa. Yeah, I mean, let's... Okay, he he did a lot better than your starting quarterback, but come on. Joe Montana, he was not. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, I understand the sentiment. Like, I, if I was a Gamecocks fan, I'd be excited about him, too. I would. You know what I mean? Like I'd be, yeah. I'd be like, this is gives me hope for the future. But let's not pretend what he showed us in the second half was, was like they act like he, they, we, they would have scored forty five points and just just drummed us if he'd played the entire time. I mean, it was a circus act out there half the time. I mean, he was a a cunt here from making a couple of really devastating mistakes. I mean, I, I just I didn't I didn't quite see it the way they did. <laughs> no, I, I didn't either. I mean, obviously, the, 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 things loosened up for him, and he was more evasive, and things were certainly, like I said, I understand the sentiment as well. But that being said, it wasn't like he punched a bunch of touchdowns into the end zone. You know what I mean? Like, he eventually scored the one and only touchdown of the entire game, and that was pretty much the entire production we saw from him. So, Vinny at Vinny Facts wrote, you literally have a no history or credentials to be in this conversation to begin with, LOL. It's an irrelevant program with an, in an irrelevant state filled with irrelevant people. No one cares about Missouri. <laughs> yes, this is a uh, this is a common attack we receive as being just irrelevant. Nobody cares about us, and it almost well, no, it always comes from a place that is irrelevant and no one cares about. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny to me that to have someone with like thirty eight followers 
describe anyone or anything as irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, or uncared about. <laughs> yeah. So you got any more, Colin? No, that's it. Like I said, disappointingly, they're so bad right now that they uh, didn't have a lot of sour grapes for Mizzou. Yeah, all right. Well, this has been Sour Grapes. Sour Grapes! Every week we play that is a good win for us, Colin. Sour Grapes means wins. Yep. That's- and I mean... There have been there have been times in this this uh, show's history where we have went weeks without being able to play it. Yeah, no, I had to remind myself to mention the strong play of the punter tonight, and there were many many times we've done this show, and the punter was the main point of the show. Yep. All right, Colin. Well, another thing that always makes me happy it's Kansas news. Well, I always heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas: sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. All right, first story of the day. Colin, this one came to us from numerous of our uh, intrepid reporters out there in the field on the Twitter sphere. They sent us this because it's covering a guy who uh, we've we've talked about in the past. I'll just get to it. ABC News is reporting Kansas man accused of illegal autopsies facing fraud charges. So I think you might remember this guy who's obsessed with uh, desecrating bodies with no license. Yeah, yeah, we've had, this is next story number three, I think. Yeah, so a Kansas man accused of performing illegal autopsies has been indicted on 10 counts of federal wire fraud, which is different than uh, fucking a human body, dead. You know what I mean? That's what I thought the charge would be, (laughs) fucking a corpse. But no, it's wire fraud, so it took a turn. Let's not not pretend that didn't didn't. (laughs) Not yeah. happen, you know. What I mean, like that. Obviously, he's fucking corpses. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. stack the charges. That's not what he's been arrested for in this circumstance. Sure, a Kansas man accused of performing illegal autopsies has been indicted of ten counts of federal wire fraud, and the government wants to recover more than one million dollars in fees paid to him by clients. The indictment. Jesus Christ! A million dollars. This, this fraudster is quite successful. Yeah, at fucking human corpses. The indictment accuses. I didn't realize fucking human corpses was so profitable. <laughs> Sean Parcells of Leewood, Kansas, is accused of falsely leading people to believe they would receive an autopsy report from a pathologist. Federal prosecutors for Kansas said in a news release, Parcells is a self-taught pathology assistant with no formal education. He owns a national autopsy services business in Topeka, where he provided private autopsy services. Clients using their services typically paid Parcells. $3,000 plus expenses up front for a full pathological study and diagnosis for cause of death of a family member, according to the U.S. attorney, Stephen McAllister. How often does some, does one need an autopsy? In Kansas, it sounds like quite frequently. I mean, $1 million in Kansas money especially is a lot of money. Yeah. Um, 3000 a pop. I guess we get, can't discount how many murders happen in Kansas. <laughs> yeah. You want to know. So it's our foul play and an autopsy. Yeah, there like, is. You a know, the, the fraud comes in where you think you're getting an autopsy and you're really just having your loved one raped. <laughs> I mean, their dead body raped. You know, I guess it's not rape if they're dead because they can't really say no. But well, let's just don't go down it, that road. Yeah, let's not let's not uh, let's not overanalyze it, Brendan. But he's definitely having. <laughs> don't want to. Yeah, we, he, there's no question about that part of it. I mean, and if we, do, I mean, the math can be done, Colin. He's charging three thousand dollars a head plus expenses. I don't know what the expenses amount to, but let's just let's just cut that out and say three thousand dollars a head. He made one point <laughs> one million dollars according to this wire transfer scheme. And you divide that by three thousand. That's a lot of dead corpses raped. That's some. That's a tremendous amount of corpse fucking. Yes, it's a lot. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, back on topic. If convicted of the federal counts, Parcells could face up to twenty years in prison on each count. Wow. 
Parcells already was banned from providing autopsy services in Kansas. Let, let that stop him. Earlier this year, whenever we reported it, he was also ordered by Shawnee County Court to stop offering any services related to the coronavirus pandemic, which I'm sure he was quite helpful for. When you've got a deep pathological need to fuck dead bodies burning, sure, the Kansas telling you you're not allowed to is not going to stop you. No, you're going to take a lot more than Kansas Johnny Law. <laughs> Next story, Kansas man in critical condition following alleged fight. A 59-year-old Kansas man is in critical condition following an alleged fight at a Grand Island restaurant Saturday night. The Grand Island Police Department was called shortly before 9 p.m. Saturday to the Finish Line restaurant in reference to an unconscious male. Captain Jim During said a group of individuals was sitting at a table together at the restaurant when two or three of them, including the suspect and the victim, Crescencio Arcasio Delgado, age 59, of Brookville, Kansas, walked off. There was an argument that happened somewhere outside of where the witnesses were sitting, but we're not sure what it was in reference to or what was going on. There was no indication of a weapon being used. He was just hit in the face with a fist. So, again, I, I, I sort of object to the word allegedly <laughs> in this headline. Yeah, it happened. Yeah. It, <laughs> I know that things have to go through the court system, but a fist went through a face. We can, we can all say the eyewitnesses saw that. Arceo Delgado was punched in the face, fell to the ground, immediately went unconscious. That is pretty hard floor. It's concrete. So there is a possibility that that caused the injury. Well, I'm not going to give it 100% to the concrete. I'm going to give, you know, maybe a little credit to the fist. <laughs> yeah, you know, two plus two equals four still. <laughs> sure, he hit the concrete eventually, but that was after, you know, the punch in the face. During said the PD does not have anyone in custody at this time, but they do have a suspect. He added the public is not believed to be in any danger. There's no indication this was anything other than a bar fight that resulted in a very serious injury. With that, we are investigating it. Right now, it's first-degree assault, and that's a pretty serious felony. He added his little opinion at the end. Yeah, it's that's just conjecture at this point. Allegedly <laughs> hit in the face. You know, stupid bar fights. That's pretty, pretty common stuff. Let's get on to uh, something else that's pretty common in Kansas. Kansas man arrested for wielding machete during robbery. Is this the same gentleman that wanted to have a machete or sword fight with his uh, ex-wife's lawyer? It's a good question. It is definitely not our first machete-related story coming from Kansas. But this is from two days ago, Colin. So I think it is pretty current and not related to our past story. And if I'm looking at this victim, I don't think it's the same guy. I shouldn't call him a victim. He's this sword wielder, machete wielder. <laughs> yeah, machete wielding maniac would probably be more apt. That's it. Wichita police said they arrested a suspect involved in robbing a Dollar General. Well, that's a problem right out of the gate. On Pawnee Street on Sunday, officers said the suspect walked into the store around 8.20 p.m. armed with a machete and proceeded to demand money from a store employee. The suspect fled the store after the employee gave him the money. No one was injured. So it sounds like the machete plan pretty much worked out perfectly. Yeah, but I'd rob a place that wasn't purely filled on EBT cards if I was going <laughs> to try to make some money. I know. I was going to say, that's that's the big issue right out of the gate. If you're going to take some serious risks with your life and, I don't know, with the law, maybe shoot for a little higher. 
You know what I mean? It's almost sad. Yeah. Even getting away with it is somewhat sad, robbing a Dollar General. Through the investigation, police say they learned 20-year-old Davian Holloman of Wichita was involved. Officers arrested him after a brief foot pursuit Tuesday night. He was booked on suspicion of aggravated robbery, obstruction, and a warrant through the Kansas Department of Corrections. Investigators are also working to see if Holloman was involved in any other recent robberies. Sounds like maybe we have a separate machete maniac in this one. Well, we've always known is there's numerous machete-wielding maniacs in Kansas. I don't know what the investigation is like when you're trying to find out who was the crazy guy who ran into the Dollar General with the machete, but I bet there's at least one or two people. It's probably not his first time in that Dollar General. Somebody's going to recognize him. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Mitch, hold on, I'm robbing the police. We'll talk later. Yeah, and, and by the way, it's not me, Mitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was definitely going to be Mitch. And uh, Colin, I don't know if you are aware of this, but uh, there's one last story in Kansas, and that is the Jayhawks were set to face the Texas Longhorns, number 22 in the country, 5-2 and two Texas Longhorns. Kansas sitting at 0-7 at Vanderbilt-like levels, but they were bailed out by a global pandemic. They had the game postponed. Yeah, so the uh, only Kansas. people on the planet rooting for the pandemic, Kansas. <laughs> That's right. The people who gave us the Spanish flu in 1918, the Kansans, yeah. that's where it started, ground zero. And then and We are all miserable with this stupid fucking pandemic. We all want life to go back to normal except for one sports program in Lawrence. They're rooting for the, rooting for the pandemic. Yep, you're right. No, they're evil, terrible people. We got one last thing on our agenda on this action-packed night after a big Mizzou win, and that is uh, to go around the horn with the SEC. We we break our bread at Waffle House. Our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. We built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Loves football. And if you wouldn't mind, Colin, would you fire up the Paul Feinbot? Will do. Nick Saban, Nick Saban. All righty. We had a much more action-packed weekend than we did last weekend, where I think there were three COVID-related postponements, Colin. We did have one game that was set aside. Ole Miss was set to face number 5, Texas A&M. That got postponed. But the other Mississippi team, Mississippi State, faced Georgia. And I think this might have been the most surprising game of the night for everyone. You're right about that. Georgia went back and forth with Mississippi State and eventually pulled out a one-score win, 31-24. to yeah, Mississippi State, who after coming out of the first game hot, has looked like complete horseshit. Hot garbage. Yeah. Uh, looked good in this game and uh, had everybody... Scratching their heads? I don't know. Yeah. Does like, the same... What the hell's happening right now? You know what it tells me? It makes me wish we had gotten to play Georgia last weekend because I think that after they lost to Florida and essentially the SEC championship and likely the playoff picture was eliminated for them they were completely deflated and it was a great time to play this georgia team and uh, mm-hmm. and i think mississippi state got to take advantage of it i hope maybe we'll get to take advantage of it too i'll pass on watching the missouri game yeah i uh, i'm curious if mizzou will get to make up all of their games if both vanderbilt and uh, yeah. georgia will get played i hope they will i mean even even though georgia may give us a whipping i you know i just 
I, I want as much Mizzou football as I can get. Well, the possibility that I'm hearing is that they will get to play it, but they'll play it on the same day as essentially the SEC championship game. So it will be, for all intents and purposes, a meaningless game, and it will certainly feel meaningless to the Georgia Bulldogs, who had hoped to play on that day, but, you know, in Atlanta. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll take it. I, yeah. I want the football, like I said. Yeah. Well, I want a Which team is, that's deflated like Georgia. From, it's a big difference from the past, but in the last couple of seasons with Barry Odom, I sort of wish we'd play fewer games. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> All right, well, uh, another interesting game was Auburn took on Tennessee. This was at Auburn. They were ranked number 23. Auburn beat Tennessee 30-17. to 17. I think this is Tennessee's fifth straight loss. <laughs> yeah, it's almost as if letting – an angry mob and Clay Travis decide who your head coach is going to be mm-hmm. is a bad plan for your football program. <laughs> that can't be because a lot of Tennessee fans have told me, Colin, that Jeremy Pruitt is in fact the answer. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, a lot of people have told me that Clay Travis is smart, but I've never seen anything that makes me believe that. No, and, and this is just one more mark in the category of not smart. Yeah, because uh, you know this was this was his idea, and uh, it's not turned out to be a good one. Let's go to uh, let's move on. We have a full slate in the SEC this week. Alabama played Kentucky, and it went exactly as you might have predicted. Alabama wins sixty-three to three, so slight sixty-point victory. Alabama, Alabama, Nick Saban. I was told uh, Mark Stoops is a genius. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, Kentucky is on the way up. They're going to really shock mm-hmm. a few people in the SEC. They're three and five. <laughs> Yeah, they uh, they look terrible. They went down. That's the fast. difference between Missouri and Kentucky, though. Three and five for Missouri is like you know they they don't want to give us any credit for that. For Kentucky, it's great. You know, mm-hmm. well, you know, speaking of resurgent, speaking of teams that are resurgent and great this year, according to the SEC media, Arkansas played LSU and uh, L- LSU came to Arkansas to play and this LSU team, which is so depleted, and everybody told us how bad they were after we beat them. Well, they've now beaten Arkansas 27 to 24. Well, I mean, I could very well be proven wrong by this. And Sam Pittman may be the next Ed Ogeron, but I feel like this um, whole Arkansas season is an aberration. At some point, the wheels are going to come off. Yeah. Well, there's no question that Arkansas has been moving in a positive direction. They were at a low and they've gotten out of the low. But I think the whole narrative about Pittman and, frankly, Odom was written a little too soon because they were the darlings of the season. And he was on pace to become the SEC coach of the year because they were so good. And you know what? Arkansas sits now three and five. Missouri's three and three. <laughs> That's right. So this great team that is so resurgent is now three and five. Now, Grace, they're not zero and eight. You know that's great. Well, again, Brennan, while no one's going to give Mizzou credit for winning three games, Arkansas, great season, three whole wins. <laughs> yeah, tremendous effort, tremendous. Oh well, then Florida, number six, Florida, likely on a path to win the entire SEC East and head to Atlanta. Played Vanderbilt and beat them thirty-eight to seventeen. Vanderbilt actually looked like a competent football team against a much, 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 much better football team. Well, that's like I said on the SEC Network, Brennan, don't let the fact that they're a terrible, winless football team let you believe that they're a terrible, winless football team. <laughs> no, don't let that get. Don't let that and shade your opinion. Don't let that. Don't let that have any bearing on how you look, feel or think about or look at. Derek Mason. Correct. It's all correct, Colin. Very good. Um, and then, of course, finally, Missouri beat South Carolina 17-10, to 10, beating that six-and-a-half-point spread. If you took Missouri and the under, you made money. 
Moving ahead to next week, though, we've got another full slate. To this point, it's like I said, we're recording this on Sunday. None of these games have yet been canceled due to COVID-related concerns, but Tennessee will be play, taking on Vanderbilt. And Tennessee's 2-5, and five, Vanderbilt 0-7. Oh Both have had pretty bad years. Tennessee's probably obviously a better team than Vanderbilt, but I am so rooting for Vanderbilt to win this game. Tennessee is still the pick. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm looking forward to watching Pruitt fail. I mean, nothing to make me happier because everyone was so convinced, just like they were with Butch Jones, that this Pruitt fella has got all the answers. And I can tell you what uh, Tennessee fans may be singing a different tune if Vanderbilt wins. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, two and five would become two and six with a loss to Vanderbilt. That would be hard to swallow. And uh, I'm looking at these slated games up ahead, Colin, and it reminds me that this is supposed to have been, under normal circumstances, the final week of regular season college football. It's rivalry week. Uh, Georgia takes on South Carolina this weekend, and Georgia's five and two. South Carolina's two and six. I think this is where Georgia really is going to lick their wounds. They can. I mean, South Carolina is a dead man walking right now. Georgia. I mean. Granted, this Doty kid is the answer. I know he's answered all their prayers and everything, blah, blah, blah. But I think George is going to take them. Well, and Georgia is going to be able to look at the second half of the Mizzou game and go, oh, here's what we need to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? They'll put a spy on him or something of that, you know. And the thing about a team like Georgia, even more so than a team like Mizzou, or, you know, they're going to have some talent in the roster that is going to be able to probably get their hands on Doty. I mean, it, mm-hmm. their defensive line for Mizzou, while playing admirably, is not overly talented. And, um, Especially you know, depleted. Yeah, so I don't think SC fans should get too high on the Doty just yet. Yeah, let's have Look a little Plumley at fucking Old Miss. I mean, is he going to be? I mean, he's not. He's not even start anymore. You know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's have a better sample size. Okay, and that takes us to LSU and Texas A and M. Texas A and M is now ranked fifth in the country. They're five and one. Obviously, LSU has had their struggles. They're three and three. I mean, theoretically, this is a game Texas A&M wins, but in history, as our guide, uh, this is also a game Texas A&M totally loses. LSU. Yeah, they should totally shit the bed here, but <laughs> I tell you what, LSU has looked bad. Yeah. Even against, even in that win against Arkansas, it was hardly convincing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to say A&M. Yeah. Almost hard to pick A&M. You know what I mean? They're always such posers. Well, yeah. I mean, they, there's a, they have that second half of the season syndrome where they're going to piss down their legs. But Dare I say the know. SEC West is down this year? Oh, boy. I don't agree. I mean, honestly, no, though. It is, though, yeah. Absolutely. Well, no college football team this season has decided to play defense. None of them. Yeah. And so it's sort of made everything a little bit wacky. And uh, I'll say this. There's not a single team in the SEC that even comes close to Alabama. You're right about that. <laughs> no, that's that's right. And uh, number one in the country, Alabama, took, is going to take on Auburn in the Iron Bowl next weekend. Auburn, number 22 in the country, 5-2, and two, takes on 7-0 and oh, Alabama. Nick Saban. Nick Saban. Alabama starts out of the gate as a 23-and-a-half point favorite in the Iron Bowl. Nick Saban. And I think that's accurate. Auburn has not looked good either. I mean, Auburn has been had a serviceable season, but, mm-hmm. I mean, serviceable is not going to work. When you're playing Alabama, Alabama. Speaking of not going to work when you're playing the big boys, Kentucky is going up against Florida this weekend. Kentucky three and five now just looks terrible. They just had their pants pulled down and they got spanked by <laughs> Alabama, and it looks like Florida's just going to take their turn at the other cheek. Florida. Well, I tell you what, if if there's a team that can stack up with Alabama, and I don't think there really is, it's Florida. Florida's got that uh, the ultimate. Um, ammunition when it comes to a football team they've got a quarterback and that Mm -hmm. nothing nothing makes up for having a good quarterback and uh florida's got one 
if there's any team that I would say would have a chance uh, against Alabama, it's Florida. And it sounds like they're going to get their shot. Yeah, they will. It's, uh, they're 21 and a half point favorites already against Kentucky. Takes us into uh, the next game on the docket. Mississippi State versus Ole Miss in the Egg Bowl. This one uh, is, an, I think it's the biggest wild card game. Mississippi State is now two and five and Ole Miss is at three and four. Ole Miss's offense looks like it can put up 60 points at any time. Mississippi State looks terrible. Then they beat LSU. Then they look terrible. And then they give Georgia all they want. So, I mean, I know this is not a game I'd bet. <laughs> the coaches alone should make this worth watching. Oh, every year. I assume at some point they're going to get those weird weapons out and, and march around in the in a circle with one another at the beginning of the feet in the middle of the field, like ready to fight, like dun, 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 like that Star Trek episode. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I thought you were referencing like a uh, Civil War reenactment. No, just uh, Lane Kiffin and uh, Mike Leach, you know, squaring off at the 50-yard line. <laughs> Star, well, Britain can, it can interject the uh, Star Trek music here so everyone can get that visual of, of those two shirtless uh, squaring off at the 50 because that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> that's what you've thought about. That's my dream, Egg Bowl. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> if that happens, Colin said it first. <laughs> and then uh, the final game on the docket we have is, of course, our Missouri Tigers going up against Arkansas Razorbacks in Columbia. Mizzou comes in 3-3. Three and three. Arkansas is at 3-5. and five. It's an 11 o'clock start on the SEC Network. No alternative lifestyle network for us this weekend, but we do get that terrible 11 o'clock start. Yeah. Well, Brendan, you may not know this, though. We are officially playing on Logo. <laughs> Was that right? That's the that's, yep. that's the new station they're putting Mizzou on? It wouldn't <laughs> yeah, surprise right. me. Honestly, it couldn't get worse. <laughs> I'm sure the broadcast is going to be worlds better, honestly. <laughs> yeah, just a lot more feminine hygiene commercials. <laughs> yeah, sure. That'll do it for Around the Horn. I hope Mizzou fans are ready to see a lot of Truvada for prep commercials between uh, snaps. <laughs> yep, it is. Uh, it's going to be weird knowing we're playing the Thanksgiving game and still have more regular season football to go. In fact, we have quite a bit of regular season football to go. We'll have three more games we're supposed to get played before now and Christmas. I hope, it, I hope all of them happen. I hope all of them happen. So do I. And like I said, anything we do now over this three-win threshold is gravy. You know, So if we beat Arkansas, mm-hmm. gravy. If we beat Vanderbilt, gravy if we do both of those things it means we're at least 500 on a season that nobody thought you know a lot of people as Drinkwitz had said thought we could only have two wins this season yep well they would be wrong people and uh <laughs> Britain makes me realize we haven't answered a single question yet tonight and that is who is the Kirk Farmer's Hair player of the game now it's time for Kirk Farmer's Hair player of the game that is correct, Colin. We have not awarded that. And it is an interesting one because, I mean, the defense looked good throughout, but the offense really produced well in the first half. I mean, Nick Bolton was all over the field. We had the big interception by Nicholson and, of course, the downing the punt at the one-yard line. What are your thoughts? Both of those are great candidates. I mean, Manuel, to an extent, if, God, I, if it had been for that stupid personal foul penalty towards the end of the game, and the punter, I mean, I hate to say that, in a, but because we had to spend so much time giving it to Corey Fatoni, but he <laughs> gave us great field position. A lot of guys, a lot of guys had some decent games tonight. You're uh, you just Bolton. I mean, Bolton was all over the field again. He's he's a difference maker. He's mounting an all-American campaign at this point. He had stacks and, you know, and stacks of tackles. Dove had a really good game. I mean, he had yeah. the, obviously everybody remembers the um, touchdown grab, touchdown. But uh, but you know he had several catches on the night, and uh, I don't know. It was uh, yeah. But I'm going to go with Bolton. Bolton is a good candidate. I think that uh, he's 
sort of emblematic of the season. We don't do anything on this team if we don't have a healthy Nick Bolton, and he has been so reliable for us. I'm willing to give Nick Bolton, you are our Kirk Farmer's hair player of the game. And we're keeping that Kirk Farmer main. Nothing against Bolton's main, just Kirk Farmer. He, Kirk needs this. Well, and I think it's it speaks to how young many of our listeners are. They never got to see the golden locks of one Kirk Farmer. Yeah, it's true. It's uh, it's going to fade in people's memories. Much like, I mean, we talked about renaming the TJ Mo Douche of the Week Award the Dan Mullen Douche of the Week Award, you know, because yep. Dan Mullen's such a douchebag. But And then I find a wife who's forced me to wear the horns of a cuckold. You know, at this point. You got you to gotta hold on to certain things, you know? Well, and I mean, I, all credit to Dan Mullen for being a douche. Cuckold. But I mean, if, if anybody will take even a moment to go look at fucking TJ Mo's Twitter timeline, he is the biggest douche on the planet. Yeah. I don't think there's any sports involved in TJ Mo's universe anymore. I don't really have a, a candidate for that this week. But I mean, when we do have candidates, it's going to be named after TJ Mo. Yeah. No, I'm sure there were some real douches out there. But uh, yeah, it's a quiet week in college football for douchitude. <laughs> yeah. You know, that brings up Arkansas, Colin, and I'm uh, I'm excited about it. I think that this is going to be a real challenge. I think Arkansas is definitely more than we thought they'd be, more than we, what we saw last year for sure. But I think they seem like a beatable team, too. You know, I mean, they're not this uh, fireball of energy that they've been made out to be. They are quite vulnerable. Well, I will say this about uh, Arkansas. I have a lot more concern with playing Arkansas than I did with playing South Carolina. I definitely agree with that. I think they're a far more competent football team. And I think maybe, you know, the, the lunatic Sam Pittman caveman approach may be working for now. You know, sometimes things mm-hmm. work out in one season or two seasons. It doesn't mean that they're a great coach. But, you know, people have their moment in the sun, and we may be seeing it with Sam Pittman. So don't ever underestimate anybody. But if we can pull this off and win it, Missouri's definitely, definitely hitting in the right direction. So on that upbeat note, why don't we send it off? M-I-Z. This has to be the biggest collection of hot dumpster juice, hot garbage, hot dog water bullshit (laughs) I have ever seen in my entire life. Plus, you know, good for fat girls.